of the few things that has stayed on the calendar for 2020 is the election. As a college student living in a temporary location, knowing how and where to vote can be confusing. I'm Allie Jones, and welcome to this episode of the Inside OSU podcast. On this episode, political science assistant professor Joseph Anthony explains what steps citizens need to take so you can vote, where you can vote, and what procedures in the voting process have been modified in order to keep people safe. Here's Joseph Anthony on this week's Inside OSU podcast. For someone who may not know, walk me through the process someone would need to take in order to be able to vote. The process sort of varies depending on the state and sometimes even depending on the locality that a person is in. A lot of decisions um, are made and a lot of rules are made at the local level. An individual um, should have a plan to, to you know, get registered and then a plan to vote sort of separately. And this year in 2020, um, COVID-19 is happening, things are a lot different than normal. So how has COVID-19 affected the voting process? So for this particular um, situation, for the, the you know, voting in the middle of a pandemic, um, there are a couple of things that are different. Um, one is we are seeing an increase in people who are voting by mail. Voting by mail is, is new for most people. Um, and that's definitely something we've seen an increase in um, in the pandemic. And surprisingly, um, in the states that have allowed for early voting, so far we have seen actually enormous turnout numbers, which is really encouraging. Surprisingly, that is something I think that, that COVID is affecting is people are really thinking about the election and they're really um, being intentional about casting a vote, whether that be by mail or in person. Um, you know, perhaps the pandemic is, is sort of making people realize that um, government is involved in our lives and that there are certain times where we want government to be involved, um, for instance, in protecting the public health. And so I think perhaps voters are making stronger connections between the election, government, and the, the current environment. In Oklahoma, what are we doing exactly in terms of the mail-in voting and in-person voting? What does that look like for our state? Very good question. So, um, and I'm going to talk more about Payne County, um, the county Perfect. that Stillwater is in, because some counties might differ a little bit. Um, though statewide, Governor Stitt has um, extended the state of emergency for Oklahoma, which essentially means for the election, if you decide to vote absentee, vote by mail, you do not need a notary signature on your ballot in order to uh, submit the ballot. You still need to have a copy of, of your photo ID. Scientifically, if we were not in a state of emergency, you'd have to send in a copy of your ID as well as find a notary to notarize your absentee envelope. Additionally, um, COVID-19 or fear of contracting COVID-19 is now on the list of acceptable reasons for why somebody can, can um, request an absentee ballot. Some states have something called no excuse absentee va- balloting or absentee voting where you don't really, you can just, you know, sort of say, I'm not going to be in my jurisdiction and trust me on that. I need to vote absentee. Oklahoma, you do have to have a reason. Luckily, COVID-19 is now on the list of acceptable reasons. For college students who are from another county or state um, and they live in Stillwater temporarily, how do they go about their voter registration process? And can you kind of go into more detail about that absentee ballot? Sure. So um, we'll start with students who are in Oklahoma. If you're in Oklahoma and from Oklahoma um, and you have an Oklahoma driver's license, just changing your registration is actually a pretty easy thing to do. 
um, you can go to the county administrative uh, building, um, I believe the public library, any um, Department of Motor Vehicles location will have voter registration forms. Um, and you can actually register um, online in the state of Oklahoma. Um, so um, so these, are, these are options that, that people have to register. If, um, and, and so if you're, if you're a college student and you're here in Stillwater, you have a couple of options. Register and vote here. Even if you're registered in another county or you're registered in another state, you can still register to vote in Stillwater. You obviously can only vote one place. You can't vote here and then go back to Texas and vote again. That obviously is, is not cool um, and frankly illegal. Um, but it is not illegal to change one's registration, right? Um, now, if somebody wants to vote, I know we have a lot of folks from Texas. So people are safe from Texas. Um, Texas will then have its own set of deadlines. So the registration deadline might be different um, and the absentee ballot request and submission deadline um, will, might be different. And so my advice would be for students who are from Texas or anywhere else um, to look for their local county election board. These are very easily found, no matter how small the county, almost every local election authority has a website and or a Facebook page. They post actually a lot of information on these web sources about registration, about how to turn in your registration, about how to request an absentee ballot, how to turn in an absentee ballot. But generally speaking, a person requests an absentee ballot. They give a reason or they don't, depending on, on the state or the county that they're in. And then an absentee ballot will come in the mail. And, and one really cool thing that I like about mail-in voting and absentee voting is that you know there are always, even for political scientists, there are always some races or some contests that you're not 100% sure about. You know, there'll be a list of judges who I have never heard of. Um, and, and I'll be asked to weigh in on whether these judges should be retained. But I'll have my mail-in ballot with me and I'll have, you know, I'll have it here on my desk and I can, I can look up these, these people um, before I vote. So that's one nice thing about being able to vote at home um, is you don't always feel like you're having to make this snap decision or an under-informed decision. So that said, I'm not saying, you know, that absentee balloting is better than in-person balloting. Um, you know, people can, can make their own decisions on that. How does that work from state to state then if you are a resident of one state but you are temporarily living in another and you want to vote in that state? Well, this happens all the time actually and people move, right? People move from one election to the next. Um, college students, who is of course our audience largely, um, are the most affected from, by this probably um, because these are folks, you know, who, are, who, who have a, maybe a permanent address somewhere else or they're still you know, they still use their parents' addresses, their permanent address. Um, and so if they're registered to vote at that address, even if they're in the state of Oklahoma, um, if they want to vote in Payne County, you know, if they want to vote here, um, all they have to do is register. You just change your registration. They have until October 9th to do that, no matter where you have been registered before. Um, it's very easy to change one's voter registration. Um, when they show up to vote, or when students mail in their ballot, they will be asked to, to show ID, either version. And so a person can show, if they have an Oklahoma state driver's license, they can send in a copy of that or bring it to them, with them to the polls, obviously. If, if you don't have an Oklahoma ID, you need to bring something called the voter ID card. So after you register to vote with your address, a week, maybe 10 days, a couple weeks before the election, 
the the elections board will mail you a voter ID card. And it's very important not to lose this. And so on the voter ID card, it basically says your name, your address, your precinct, and your polling place. And so you bring this with you to the poll to verify that you're the person that you say that you are. So why do you think the younger age demographic has so few voters? Uh, this has been well studied. Um, why young people, we'll, we'll define young people here as say 18 to 35, um, though for our purposes, you know, college students, even within that age group, college students are the least likely to vote. And there are a number of reasons for this. One is college students are busy. Um, and so if you spend, you know, most of your day, say on campus, at least in the before times, you know, you'd spend most of your day on campus trying to figure out how to leave campus to go to your polling place or to, you know, to navigate that can be just logistically sort of tricky. It also happens, low turnout among college students also happens because of what we just talked about. College students move, right? You, you have a permanent address somewhere else or wherever you are in your college experience is usually temporary. And so students, you know, it's it, it, for a lot of, of young people, I think it's probably just doesn't feel worth it to, to try to figure out how to vote and how to register, how to do all these things when you know you don't really feel like it's your permanent home. Um, also, I think there's there's a psychological thing that happens. It, studies have shown that people who make a habit of voting are much more reliable voters. Um, you know, the longer that um, the more often you vote throughout your life, when election season comes around, it just you know there's no question. You just you just go and vote, right? You just show up. Mm -hmm. you, you register. You do what you're supposed to do because it's become a habit. Young people obviously have not had a chance really yet, especially if you're 18, 19 years old, you just haven't had time yet to really develop those sorts of civic habits. I'm hoping that, that this election cycle, young people really do see themselves connected to these really big issues um, and understand that their participation in the political process really does matter. What do people need to know about voting as a college student? One is to, to really be intentional about making it a habit. You know, this is, this is an important time that we're in for a number of reasons. And if you start now, um, you're going to develop not only the habit of voting, but the habit of, of, of informing yourself about how you want to vote and the preferences that you want to have on the ballot, right? And the, and the choices you want to make. So that process of informing oneself is also a habit. I'm hoping students really sort of take in the gravity of, of the world as it is right now, the gravity of, of the issues that we're facing and translate that into, I need to vote. I don't, you know, I, maybe I'm voting in, um, you know, Barton County, Missouri, or maybe I'm voting in, in Dallas, Texas, or maybe I'm voting in Stillwater, Oklahoma, but I got to vote and I have to figure out where I want to vote and what is required uh, for me to cast my ballot. This is something, you know, students should be thinking about now. Um, you know, the issues that, that impact us um, aren't going away. They, they haven't gone away yet. Um, and, and I would say lastly, you young people someday will be running things. You're gonna have the reins of government. You're gonna be the ones people look to for decisions and for influences and to decide what issues are important and how we collectively as a country address those issues, those are, you know, if they're not already in your hands, they're going to be. You know, whether or not you take a job in government 
or you become involved in politics, there will still be, you know, you will still have that civic responsibility of protecting, maintaining, and perhaps um, in improving our democracy. And so, again, that's, it, it sounds sort of cheesy, but it really is true. Like the students are the future. Um, and so figuring out now what sorts of responsibilities that entails, I think is, is really important. So what advice would you have for students who might think that their vote doesn't really do anything or that their vote isn't valid or it's not worth anything? If you've got a thousand things that you're already juggling that day, you might say to yourself, I'm just one person. It's not going to matter. You know, what, who cares? Um, I would absolutely argue that it, that it matters. You know, imagine, for instance, all those people. You know, in the last election, it was over 40% of the electorate decided not to vote. What would happen if instead of saying, my vote doesn't matter, if all those people decided, you know what? My vote does matter. I'm gonna do it this time. I think our representation, meaning the people who represent us in the state legislatures, who represent us in Congress, I think they'd be more representative of the population at large, both in terms of gender and race, um, economic diversity. Um, they would also be more accountable. But if every college student in the country decided to vote on November 3rd, those candidates, whoever is elected in, in November at the presidential level, at the Senate level, at the congressional level, all the way down to the state legislature level, they're going to know that students played a big role in that election. And so when it comes then time for them to govern, which happens shortly after the election, they're gonna realize that students and whoever these, these you know, constituencies are that really showed up in mass, they're gonna realize that they have to represent those constituencies um, in some cases better. They're gonna to have to prioritize issues that these constituencies really care about. Um, just sort of thinking if we could shift that, that mindset of, oh, it doesn't matter to like, well, what, what if this election it actually does? You know, what that might mean and how that might impact um, both how our representation looks and then, you know, what sorts of issues then become really important. I will remind um, folks that there are lots and lots of races that aren't for president that are on the ballot. You know, you're going to be voting for your state representative. Mm -hmm. You're going to be voting for your local city council person. Um, you're going to be voting in, in some cases, and not all of these will be on the November election, of course, but you're going to be voting on ballot measures, um, things like health care, um, you know, things like legalizing marijuana, things like raising the minimum wage. Often these are things that show up on the ballot. Um, and, and even, you know, even if it, it's, even if Oklahoma stays quote unquote red or, or votes a majority Republican, that doesn't mean they're going to be the same, there's going to be the same margin as there was in mm -hmm. 2016. There could be more of a margin or there could be less of a margin of, of victory for candidates. And that says something too, right? If a candidate says, whoa, you know, I really carried that state in 2016 or whatever the year was, 2018, the last time, you know, somebody was up for election, but this, this time, you know, I, I, I just sort of eked it out or this time the race was a lot closer. What does that mean? Right. Candidates do think about that. 
As mentioned, in order to vote in Payne County, you must register by October 9th. If you need to request an absentee ballot, that must be done by October 27th. Election day is November 3rd, but you can vote early October 29th through the 31st. I'm Mally Jones. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.